today we're talking about um, something that uh, I don't know why it's taking me so long to talk about this because this is a great subject. Fight your fight. I'm Christy Code Red, and you're listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle, where we believe food holds the power to heal or poison, and we believe our society has been misled regarding proper nutrition and weight loss. You're in the right place if you're looking for some straight up truth, because I'm here to shed light on the lies and brainwashing that has taken place over the past five decades. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to another episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. I'm your host, Christy Code Red, author, entrepreneur, retired professional boxer. Hello. I've got my swannies on. I've got my swannies on. It's actually, I'm recording this in the afternoon. Uh, and you guys know I am no good in the afternoon because I get up at, well, this morning I was up at 3 a.m. I had the dogs out on, <laughs> I got up at three because I'm not, I, I like to, you know, do my morning routine. I knew I needed to be somewhere. I needed to be on the trail by 5 a.m. Because at the time I'm recording this, July 1st, 2022, I am hiking Mount Whitney, which is the tallest peak in the lower 48. And I'm training for that currently. So I knew I needed to do some serious hiking this morning. Um, and I showed up to Miles' house this morning uh, at 4.51 a.m. to pick up Annabelle. And I had my pack on and it, oh, gee, and it was just, it's just a slog all the way to the top of hard guy. Uh, so, um, so when you get up super early like that, the afternoons start to take on a whole different meaning. I just start to shut down usually after this time. So I'm going to be hitting the hay a lot earlier tonight. Therefore I went ahead and put my Swannies daywear glasses on and the way that my life is set up owning an online company. I have computers all around me. I have my, this is my big iMac and it's one of the big ones. I don't know. It's two, two or three feet. You know, it's huge. And then I have my laptop and then I have my iPad and my iPhone. So I'm surrounded by blue light and this is going to hinder my body's ability to make its own melatonin. And I don't want that. I want to naturally fall asleep. So I'm wearing my day wear glasses because it's just so much blue light. Humans were never created to sit under fluorescent lights in front of computers 12 hours a day. We just weren't. I don't want to inhibit my uh, production of melatonin. And so I'm going to put my day wear glasses on. Right now, Swannies is having a, uh, they created this bundle for us called the Code Red Dawn to Dusk Bundle. Dawn to Dusk Bundle. It comes with three pair of Swannies, the day wear, the night wear, and the sunglasses. If you go to coderedlifestyle.com forward slash Swannies bundle, Swannies bundle, you're going to be able to check that out. They gave Code Red Rebels 37% off of that bundle. Get yourself set up with everything you need. It makes a really big difference in your sleep. And if you're like sitting there complaining, I can't sleep, I can't sleep, I can't sleep, I can't sleep. And you're not nailing the basics of a cool, dark room, blackout curtains, no kids, no pets in the bed. Um, making sure you got like a, some sort of noise or a white noise going or something. Make sure that you put your blue light blocking glasses on, uh, a weighted blanket. You know, there's a lot of things we can do before we go straight to the ambient or before we go straight to the sleep study. There's a lot of things we can do. And this right here, 
is one of the basics. And I'm wearing my Swanwick Daywear glasses. They have the clear lens. I love them. All right. Anyway, wanted to let you know because I get I get comments like I didn't know you wore glasses, and I'm like I don't. I just wear them when I when I need them, especially towards the afternoon when I know I'm going to be going to sleep early because I'm going to be back back up again tomorrow. I think uh, Vinny and I are going to walk. Um, we're going to do a 10 mile walk because remember Mount Whitney, it ain't no joke. Like that's every bit as hard as the grand Canyon. When I hiked rim to rim of the grand Canyon back in May of 2021, that was tough. You guys, I, I almost went into rhabdo. I almost went, I almost had to get hospitalized. So it was not, it was, I'm not going to go into it embarrassing myself. Okay. I'm going to be trained uh, anyway. Anyway, I'm going to be in bed early, back up early. So definitely blue light blocking glasses on so I can get to bed naturally without any problems. Today, we're talking about um, something that uh, I don't know why it's taking me so long to talk about this, because this is a great subject. Fight your fight. And I realize that, that the, the word that you emphasize can change the whole meaning of something. And that's the what I'm, I'm doing it on purpose. Fight your fight. Fight your fight. Oh, you know what I forgot to do? I could pause this and, oh, well, I was going to look up some Bible scriptures. That's okay. Carrie usually does that when she's with me and I'm doing a solo podcast today because I'm talking a lot about fighting and she doesn't really have any input and I didn't want to talk the whole time. And then she's just sitting there and then it's awkward and, you know, so fight your fight. Um, so I was a professional boxer at 154 pounds from 2002 to 2010. I fought all over the world. I fought, I mean, there at the time that I was in the business, uh, there were only 2000 female fighters in the whole world. So it's a pretty small circle, but I have fought a couple of different weight classes. I have fought lots of very tough girls. I was ranked number two in the world. I've had two title fights. I won one title fight. I lost the other title fight. That's just how it goes. Sometimes you lose in boxing. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. There really isn't anything wrong with that. But in boxing, you know, there's a saying, if you're thinking, you're not throwing punches. The second you start thinking, you're not throwing punches. And that means divert to your training. You know, boxing is all about just repetition and, and training, 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 training. I know when I was training for my world title fight in Beijing in 2005, I trained mm, one, two, three, four, five, five, at least over five to six hours a day. And I did that for three solid months leading up to it. That didn't even include what I was doing. I was already in good shape before I went to training camp. So it is no joke, but you're training all the time, every day, six days a week training. And even on, even on the seventh day, you run, you do your road work, you know, cause you got to have a good cardiovascular condition. And so you train, you just train, 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 train. We fight like we train, we train, like we fight that way. When you get in the ring, you're doing exactly what you've been trained to do. You don't change anything in the ring with boxing. You, you get it. That's why when I ran the Augusta Boxing Club in Augusta, Georgia, I ran that gym for a little while. We trained kids. It was a police athletic league and we trained kids. And what we would do is and a couple of Olympic athletes came out of that gym. It was a wonderful, solid pal program. And what we would do is uh, every Saturday night, we would set up a mock fight a mock fight situation, like a real fight night, you know, a mock fight night. And we would have the family and the community members all come in and we would, we would, we would turn off all the lights in the place and what put one spotlight over the top of the gym of, of the ring. We would have an announcer. We would have a referee. 
We would have coaches, cornermen. We had every, everything was set up exactly like we had music, exactly how a real fight is. And that way, when the kids would get into the ring for a real fight, if they went on in amateur or if they turned pro, very few of them never did. But if they ever went on, you know, and, and fought in the amateurs and they would get in the ring, none of it would be a surprise. None of it would be a shock. They would be totally habituated to it. They would be totally conditioned for all of it. Cause it's really shocking when you get in the ring and there are thousands of people. I mean, the Roy Jones Jr. Undercard had 22,000 people in attendance. The, um, when I fought in Beijing, I think we had 35,000 people that filled up that auditorium and like 11 million people watching on pay-per-view. I mean, it was just, or I don't think it was pay-per-view in Beijing, but the people were watching and it's really nerve wracking, you know, and, 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 you just want to be just to where you're conditioned for all that. And none of it shocks you. The crowds, the announcer, the feel of the mat, the feel of the stool, everything, the feel of the ropes, it all is natural and second nature because when the bell rings, you just revert to your training. You just fight your fight. But sometimes something happens and you start to question yourself. You start to get, oh my gosh, it could be just one little niggling thought. It could be one small, the size of a mustard seed, as the Bible says, it could be the smallest little tiny, tiny, tiny doubt in your mind. And it causes you to hesitate. It causes you to, when you're thinking, you're not throwing punches and it causes you to, you know, like people uh, look, listen, um, Boxing, you know, you don't have to be real smart to be a boxer. I mean, I'm sure there are smart fighters out there, but there's, it's not like it's a game of chess where you're looking for you're you're, you're looking. I, well, I mean, Hey, listen, I'm sure there are fighters out there who will disagree with me, but in my 15 pro fights, it was not a thing where you get out there and then you pick apart your opponent and you look for openings and, and you look for ways to slip and duck and pair punches. And you look for ways to, to, you know, you look for a different, there's no, there's really no strategy and they're not in the, the second you get in the ring. The strategy is during the training because you know, ahead of time who you're going to fight, you know, the style of fighting you're going to do. And then you train that way. And then you fight your fight. But really, I don't know a lot of fighters to get in the ring, seasoned fighters who change on demand to change that second. They just don't. That's not the way fighters are wired. They're robots. They're machines. They're where fighters are trained monkeys. I mean, we're highly conditioned athletes. I'm not a highly conditioned athlete right now, but I was definitely back in the day when I was in fighting shape. Um, but you don't change. You just don't, you go into what you've just, you just fight the fight that you have trained to do. You fight your fight. You have your style. You have your signature moves. You have things that, you know, you do well, you have the way you move, the way you dip, the way you pair, the way you slip. It's all just, and every fight fighter has their different style. So to have some small doubt come up in your mind in the middle of a fight is horrible. Um, it, it's just not, 
it's just not what a fighter needs to go in with a calm, blank mind, very calm. You go in, you do what you've been trained to do. You go home, you go to the buffet, you know, and like, that's just what trainer tra fighters do. That's just, they're just trained to fight a certain way. They have their fighting style. They have their fight. They have their game plan. They go in and they fight their fight. But a couple of times, um, you'll be, I, I have been in the ring before it's only happened a couple of times. I can specifically remember, I don't have a lot of memories because I have been hit in the head a lot. You can't be hit in the head every other day for almost eight years and not have some memory lost in head injury. I do have a head injury that I will deal with the rest of my life that I have to always be careful. Um, I have what's called second impact syndrome and it's dangerous. A lot of football players have it. A lot of hockey players have it. Um, and a lot of boxers have it. And that's just the, that's what the cards I've been dealt. So I have to be really careful with the amount of sugar I eat with making sure I don't drink any, any soda or anything that could, uh, cause swelling in my brain and cause any kind of, uh, my co cognitive function to become sluggish at all. So, um, You'll, you'll be in the ring. And I remember specifically a couple of opponents who just got into my head and they, oh, I remember one, oh, she was evil. She really was. I fought her a couple of times because we did a rematch and, um, she would, she, we would lock up. You guys know what lock up is when fighters, um, they get real close. They're banging in close bang. That's in close fighting. That's what it's called banging. And they will lock up because you want to sometimes when you're really exhausted, you're looking for a second, like just to get a big breath, even just one to two seconds is a lot of time in boxing of a break, you know, just letting your arms down for a second. Um, and then the referee will split you up. But in the time, what you do is you take your arms, you go under her arms and you guys can kind of lock up. And uh, then the referee has to push you apart. Well, in this, you hold on tight because you need that break. You know, you're like, ah, oh, ah, oh, you know, and then you you make the referee have to split you up. And so one time we would be locked up and this girl would whisper things in my ear. And I, I wish I could be a fighter now because mentally I'm so much better mentally. I'm so much stronger mentally uh, to be able to block things out and to be able to focus and to be able to you know, just so the, the mental mind game and fighting is, is when you're training is pretty, um, leading up to the fight is pretty strong. I didn't have that back then. And so I let what she was saying, bother me. I, I let it get in my head. I started thinking about it. And what happens when you're thinking you're not throwing punches. And I started changing the way I was fighting. And I, cause I, you know, or, or she would, I remember one time I fought this girl named Elizabeth Mooney up in Albany, New York. And, oh, Elizabeth was a switcher. Do you guys know what a switcher is? A switcher is someone who can fight orthodox or southpaw, right hand or left hand. And we didn't know this about her. And we did all our research about her. And they, we, we knew she was an orthodox fighter, just like me. And in the middle of, I think, the third round, she switched on me. And let me tell you, I mean, it's so it's, it's really hard to explain this. If you're not, if you've never been in a fight, you've never had anybody in front of you and you've never been a boxer or a fighter, or, you know, if you've got, if you have trained something for years and you're used to seeing one thing in front of you and all of a sudden it flips and now you're looking at something completely awkward and punches are coming at, coming at you in different directions that you don't even know. It, it's, it just threw me completely off my game. So instead of 
fighting my fight, I started to stumble. I started to get disoriented. I started to get confused. I didn't know which hand to hold. I didn't know which, where the punches were coming from. The speed was different. The orientation was different. My peripheral was like, I, I just didn't know she switched on me. And I never would have signed a contract to fight a switcher. I would never have done that. I don't want to fight a switcher. I don't like them. I don't want to even fight a southpaw. I don't want to fight a switcher. Switchers are, are very frustrating for exactly this reason. It got into my head and it was such a small little thing. I've had girls at weigh in the night before, um, you know, uh, talk trash at weigh in at the press conference the night before. And it just gets in your head and you, you know, you see him and you see him at weigh in and we're all sitting there and then you start to doubt yourself. Did I, you know, how her long, her arms are longer than mine. Um, she's taller than what we thought. Um, maybe she'll try to do this. Maybe she'll try to do that. My coach will just whisper, fight your fight. Just fight the way you've been trained. Fight your fight, Christy. Don't worry about it. And I, uh, I, unfortunately I, I had a hard time blocking it out. It was incredibly difficult to fight my fight when things would change and I didn't expect it. The unexpected, that's usually, that's definitely why most fighters lose is something comes out of left field. You know, you got some sort of a haymaker, you got some sort of a hook that you didn't see coming. Uh, something was unexpected. You heard a noise in the crowd that was unexpected. Um, you know, just things. I remember I fought a, go a girl in Costa Rica, uh, um, Hannah Gabriels. And Hannah in Costa Rica, when I, when I got to her home, hometown, you know, in, in San Jose, Costa Rica, she, they had a very sticky, thick mat on their ring. Now, if this is a sanctioned boxing match and legit, it's supposed to have regulation equipment, but these countries you know, they'll, they paid me a lot of money to come down to Costa Rica and fight Hannah. And I just assumed that everything would be regulation. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't a regulation ring. It wasn't, um, it wasn't a regulation mat and my feet kept sticking and I kept stumbling and they had tears in the mat. I think I've told you guys about this on other podcasts. They, they had actual tears that were covered up by duct tape. And it was a, it's just a kind of a poor boxing gym. I mean, she brought in a ton of money. You know, the people from all over came to watch us. The place was packed out and they paid me a lot of money to come down there, but it wasn't regulation. And I was getting my feet caught in those tears and I was stumbling backwards. And I was, you know, and if you ever see someone stumbling backwards, you're going to want to hit them with another punch because they're going down. They're already off balance. We've, we've talked about that, getting, getting your weight on their back foot. I mean, if you're stumbling backwards, your weight is on your back foot. That is never a good situation. You are going down. And my feet, my boxing boots kept sticking to that sticky mat. Plus it was thicker. And so it kept absorbing my energy. So I was exhausted. I couldn't mouse. I couldn't, I couldn't bounce. I couldn't move. I couldn't step slide forward, backwards, spin. I couldn't pivot. I couldn't do anything. And it was just like, I felt like my feet were, were in quicksand and I didn't fight my fights, even though my coach was telling me, just fight your fight. I can't fight my fight. I, I, everything that we trained is just, you know, no, no fight your fight. And I wish again, I would have known back then what I know now, because I would have just relaxed and I would have just kept my hands up and started throwing punches and, you know, and didn't let that stuff bother me, did the best I could. But my mind kept going to that bull crap 
you know, the, the, the equipment that wasn't regulation that wasn't up to speed. And I was losing that fight because I just couldn't even keep my feet up under me. I just was, and she knew it. She saw that, you know, I've been to, I've been to fights where the ring again was supposed to be regulation and it was smaller than what you expect. And a, a fighter gets used to training in a certain size ring. Again, they should be regulation. But then when you get into it and you get into a smaller ring, it feels very claustrophobic. Like you can't get out. You, there's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. And you just have to remember to fight your fight, fight the way you've been trained. You, every fighter has a game plan going into a fight. And you just got to stick to that game plan. Same thing with weight loss. I have seen in our 10 pound takedown, we have 10 pound takedown challenge, 10 pound takedown.com. And we, in all, all code red programs, challenges, everything is delivered in our code red app, which is a private community off of social media where you don't have to deal with ads or algorithms or drama or censorship or anything that, that social media platforms are, are very well known for doing. And in our private app, I keep my finger on the pulse of everything that's going on around there. Um, in all the different groups and programs, we have Code Red Ringside, which is a membership program. You have more access to me. And if we call it Code Red Ringside, because ringside seats are the best seats in the house. We have the home study coaching program. We have the maintenance coaching program. We have the 10 pound takedown. And the great thing about having a huge community like what we do, I mean, our app grows uh, anywhere from three to 10% every month. The great thing about having that is all the support and being able to post in the group and talk about your victories, get help if you need to get help, but also get encouragement for the things that are going right in your journey. You're getting healthy. You're excited. You want to tell somebody, well, your family doesn't want to hear about it. Your mother-in-law doesn't want to hear about it. Your friends are over down at, at, at Cafe Olay having margarita Mondays. They don't want to hear about it. Well, we want to hear about it. But a lot of times people will read, they'll, they'll see someone, they'll say, oh my gosh, down nine pounds this week alone. Woohoo. And people will get freaked out by that. Well, what they don't know is that person could be starting off at 350 pounds. Well, for someone starting off really big like that with a lot of weight to lose, the percentage is going to be, the percentage is always the same, but the weight loss, so the, but the weight loss is going to be bigger when you talk about pounds, because the percentage of a bigger person is going to be more pounds and people get so hung up on it. They start doubting themselves. Oh my gosh. I didn't lose nine pounds this week. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Oh man, what am I doing wrong? Am I not, let me go back to the rules. Let me follow all the rules. I mean, I've only lost five pounds this week. Five pounds, losing two pounds this week is amazing. And they would get mad and upset and they would feel bad because, but what they don't know is that person starting weight is much higher. So the person, you know, you gotta always use percentage. And people, they, they need to fight their fight. Your journey is your journey. Don't compare yourself to other people. It is good to get ideas. It is good to get help. It is good when you're a two-year-old, you're three-year-old, four-year-old. I don't know. I don't have kids, so I have to, um, I guess on this. I don't know what, what age kids start sleeping in their own bed. Well, <laughs> I know my mom's probably watching this going, she, mom knows what I'm thinking. Well, I mean, I don't have kids, so I'm going to say this, but 
kids sleeping in the bed usually yields a parent's not getting good sleep. So I, I, I hope your kid is sleeping in their own bed, but if you're having a child that is not wanting to sleep in his big boy bed and he keeps coming in at two o'clock in the morning and getting in bed between you guys and you got a foot in the rib cage. Yeah. How about, you know, people reach out to the community and they say, Hey, listen, Hey, I'm a young mom here. I got a four-year-old. He will not sleep in his bed. He keeps calling. Can anybody have any ideas? Oh my gosh. The outpouring of love and support and people coming around you to give you ideas. Like it's amazing from the parents out there who have great ideas on all kinds of things, you know, everything from a church potluck to a camping trip to traveling internationally. You know, they just, there's just people that have just nailed it. They're really, really good. So I love the community for that, but I don't want you getting hung up on you're not doing the same thing that Karen is doing. You're not, you are not losing the weight the same way that Karen, like Karen's got her own journey. You've got your own journey. You can't, you can't go into it, you know, with, with that, with that kind of mindset, you've got your fight plan, fight your fight. And another thing is that a lot of times, you know, your, your pastor's wife or your mailman or, or your spouse or your mother-in-law could do what that fighter did in my ear, whisper something just to, just to drop a sliver of doubt, just this much, this much of doubt drops in your mind and you start questioning code red and you start questioning a gallon of water a day and you start questioning seven hours of sleep. Ah, oh, you know. So-and-so down the road doesn't get seven. You just, it just takes this much and it just starts wiggling into your thoughts and it starts creating this, this big, this big crevice of doubt. And you start doubting everything. I'm telling you, you know, it works. It's been working. It worked in the past. It's working for you now. Why would you now start listening to Katrina who sells beach body shakes? who herself, by the way, she's overweight. Why would you now start listening to her? When you know I've got a proven track record of success for almost seven years, and I've been in this industry 28 years, why would you start listening to Katrina? I'm making that up. We have a mentor, Katrina. Katrina, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> if, you if you turn into a beach body coach, I'm going to be super pissed, so don't do that. Why would you start listening? Why would you let that little sliver of doubt why would you let that get in your mind when you've got your fight plan all laid out? You knew going into this princess cruise, what your plan was going to do was going to be. You had it planned out. You knew what, what, what it was going to be when you were coming up on your son's graduation. You knew that your daughter was getting married in August and you had it planned out what your game plan was leading up to it and how you're going to handle the night of the wedding. You knew that your father-in-law is going to come live with you. And you had it all worked out on how you were going to care for him and stay on track with your health. You had it all worked out. You've been training for this moment. And now it's just time to fight your fight. Don't doubt your training. Don't doubt what you know has worked so well up until this point. As soon as I would start doubting myself, my coach would tell me, Christy, I have put you in the ring leading up to this with so many sparring partners that threw everything but, but the kitchen sink at you, and you did great. Why are you starting to think that this girl is going to give you a run for your money? 
Why are you starting to doubt your training? We trained for this. We are ready for tonight. We're totally ready. You're in shape. Your cardio is good. Your speed is good. Your weight is good. You're, you're feeling really good. Why would you doubt that now? Just because she whispers something in your ear. I'm saying that to you. Why would you doubt code red now? Or why would you doubt real food, water, and sleep now? Why would you doubt the proper human diet now? Why would you say, well, moderation is good. Oh, moderation never worked for you, Karen. It did not. So don't sit there and say moderation is what, no, 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 no. We know moderation isn't good because 88% of this country is metabolically sick and they're fat. We know moderation doesn't work for the majority of people. Very few people can do moderation. My mom is one of them. Miles is another one. I know I have two people I know in my life who can actually do moderation. Everybody else I've ever met, including myself, I can't do it. Notice there's no sugar in my house. This is my fight plan. You have your fight plan. This is what you've trained for this whole time. Fight your fight. I have lived this firsthand, both in boxing and in life, and you could be living this right now. Don't let people who have no business telling you what they think niggle at you and, and wedge into your mind and start causing you to doubt yourself or start ca causing you to, oh, it's just one bite or it's just one Costco slice of pizza or it's just one margarita. It's not just one. You've got your fight plan. You've got your health journey set up. It doesn't matter what your neighbor did. I don't care how she lost weight. I don't care if she did keto. I don't care if she did Weight Watchers. I don't care if the ladies at, at the church potluck all are, are doing beach body shakes. I don't care about them. I only care about you. Your coach, me. I care about you, the fighter. I can promise you that my boxing coaches never brought, their attention was never on anybody else. They didn't give a rat's fanny about what anybody else was doing. It was about me, my training plan, and my upcoming fight. That's exactly how I feel about you. I'm your coach. That's all I care about is you, your training plan, and how you're handling life. Right now, we're training for life. We could have other things coming up. We could have a princess cruise coming up. We could have a, an anniversary coming up. We could have things coming up and a, um, a Bahamas vacation. We could have, you know, we could have had unexpected, like a death come up. This is what we train for. And all you have to do is fight your fight. You can do this, but you have to stick to the training that you have been doing this whole time leading up to this. This is why we train. You're ready for this. You can do this, but don't let people whisper in your ear and don't let them start to cause you to doubt. You feel good. You've been feeling good. The weight's been coming off. The, in, the energy's been increasing. The libido is increasing. Your confidence is increasing. Your clothes are fitting looser. That's a good feeling. Trust that. Trust that. Trust your training. Trust the prices. Fight your fight. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle, and I will see you on the next one. Take care. Hey, I'm Christy Code Red, and thank you for listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. If you want to stay connected to other rebels like you, join us in our private network. Our Code Red app is a one-stop shop, free from ads, algorithms, and censorship. 
and a place where you can see, listen, and watch everything Code Red. You'll be encouraged, motivated, and fired up to stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Get recipe ideas, tips, tricks, and help from coaches, mentors, and other rebels. You can also purchase products, programs, and coaching all right there in one place. And if you have any trouble navigating the app, we're right there to help you. Go to coderedlifestyle.com forward slash APP to join for free. And I'll see you on the next episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle.